right, Buffalo Bread Podcast, uh, a tumultuous week 17, week 18 kind of span uh, since you last heard from us in the uh, lead up to the Bills-Cincinnati game. Of course, everybody knows, you know, the the tragic events of DeMar Hamlin uh, going into cardiac arrest on the field, you know, just a few minutes into the game um, on what seemed to be just sort of a normal tackle. Uh, thankfully, at this point in the week, it's Saturday, the 7th of January, 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, thankfully, at this point, we recognize that uh, he has, he looks to be on the way back to a full recovery, uh, neurologically good, um, cardiovascularly seems good, you know, no longer intubated, still in ICU, um, and we'll still probably have to go, you know, there's a bit of a road back, but looks like we, he's all there, and that's a massive, massive weight off the shoulders of not just Bill's Mafia, Dan, but the entire nation and, and even the world. I mean, there were um, notions on social media in various places of donations coming from around the globe uh, and sports franchises, again, in the world of sports across the, the world, uh, recognizing what how scary that in, that moment was and how miraculous it was that, you know, people pulled together. Um, to wish and hope and pray, and uh, and he looks like he's coming all the way back. How are you feeling today, my friend? Feeling feeling so happy for Tamar, for his family, that they're going to get their son back, that they're going to get their, their nephew, their cousin, whatever relation he has to his family, that everyone that knows and loves that young man looks like, knock on wood, as long as things continue to progress, they're going to get him back. Uh, as they left him for that game on Monday. They're going to get that same generous, kind-hearted, funny, smart young man back. And I just, it, that's the lead. And that's really the only thing that matters. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know that I am going to add anything that is any more smart or thoughtful than what has already been said about what happened on the field in both the immediate aftermath on Monday and then in the days leading up to the the positive prognosis that we got about Hamlin, um, I would suggest that for folks that are are looking to to unpack in a little bit more granular detail, we are lucky to have Ryan Clark in the media ecosystem. The the stuff that he did with Scott Van Pelt on um, on that 11 p.m. Sports Center moments after the game had been called. Uh, added humanity to what was going on. It added perspective to what was going on. And it, it was the most authentic, it was the most authentic moment, I think, you could have asked for from a former player talking about that scene, how it was impacting the guys on the field. Um, flash forward to a couple of days ago, you have the press conference with the with the uh, two UC doctors that uh, were just giving such good news about Demar, crediting everyone from the field medical staff on the bill on the bill side of the house to the leadership of McVeigh and Zach Taylor from the Cincinnati Bengals and how they handled it. And this is a situation, JJ, that was tragic in its early moments, is taking a positive turn, um, but there is still going to be stuff for the folks involved to unpack, right? I think the most important thing that we can focus on right now is that Demar is healthy, or he's getting back to getting healthy. Um, everyone is really happy about that, as they should be. And there will be time to discuss other things, right? 
like football will football will come back around. You and I will get back to talking about at some point DVOA and turnover margins and toxic differentials and and all the other stuff that was rendered so small and and seemingly so insignificant in the wake of what happened to Demar on Monday. We'll we'll get back to all that stuff, right? Um, because that's a, a needed return, I think, to normalcy for folks after they experience a tragedy like what happened on Monday. Uh, but right now, I, I just want to bask in the positive vibes of DeMar's recovery, what it means for him, what it means for his family, and what it means for the Buffalo community. Um, I think everyone, as you had mentioned, his toy drive, getting the donations that it had gotten nationwide and internationally, everyone discovered what many of us in Bill's Mafia already knew, and that DeMar Hamlin is a stand-up human being, one of the best people you could possibly ask for to be a part of your town, your city, your community, or your team. And the rest of the world, as a result of this tragedy, and, and maybe a little silver lining, get introduced to just what a great man he is. And I think, again, there will be time to, to talk about the football and all this other kind of stuff and break, break down film and whatnot, but right now, I, I think today is just a, a Hamlin tribute pod. Absolutely, yeah. And, and a, a pod, I think it's worthwhile to talk about, again, something that you brought up, which is the world got to see not just DeMar Hamlin as, as a great, great young player in the league and, you know, um, kind of coming into his own with an opportunity to start this year and things like that and all of that, all that he does for communities and all that he does to engage with people, um, but also for people to experience what, is different about the Bills organization. That Brandon Bean and the head um, trainer, trainer Nate Bresky stayed in Cincinnati away from their families to be with DeMar, to make sure that his family had everything that they needed, that players like Harrison Phillips with the Vikings used to play for the Bills, uh, made sure that DeMar Hamlin's family was fed in the hospital and things like that, that it's different in Buffalo, and I know that every team thinks that their their front office or their their coaching staff, the community that their team builds, is the best, and that's great. That's part of what being a fan is is all about. Um, but I don't know that you hear a lot of coaches and players talk about loving one another as much as the Bills do, in a sport that's so often about bravado and we're gonna you know kill these guys, crush these guys, eat them raw. Um, they're there's not as much of a space for softness. There's not as much as, as of a space for a coach to break down at the podium. There's not as much of a as space for um, coaches and players and front office personnel to talk about how important mental health is and trauma counseling yeah. and how critical it is to have people on staff to address pe other individuals' mental health and not just the players. It's not just about putting the product on the field. It's about the entire organization every staff member, the people that are there in the building, all having the, the holistic care they need. And I, I think that that's something that was kind of brought to light through this tragic and, and terrifying event. And, and it just feels like, um, I, I don't know that I could talk, I couldn't talk about this if DeMar Hamlin wasn't okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Agreed. if, if yeah. this had made a more tragic turn, um, there was one player in the history of the NFL, Chuck Hughes, a Detroit Lions uh wide receiver in 1971 died on the well died shortly after being taken off the field with a heart attack um that mm -hmm. was a different situation we don't know what De demar hamlin what the cause of the um, cardiac arrest was it seems like commodio cordis which is the um, 
it's com more common, unfortunately, in lacrosse and hockey, where a sh hard, dense object at a high rate of velocity hits you at the, the exact spot of your chest that interrupts the um, electrical pattern going across the front of the heart and, and causes cardiac arrest. That that seems like maybe what it was. He landed on T. Higgins with his chest, um, but and that's what most people who are way more advanced in the medical field um, than my complete novice <laughs> sensibilities have said <laughs> is that's that's yeah. probably a, a good good thing to look to first as a cause for this event. Um, but it's just a situation where immediately everyone watching and kind of holding their breath and waiting the like the the sport the the game that these adults play no longer mattered like within completely melted away within yeah. one minute of him going down on the turf i didn't give a shit i i was like forfeit the game whatever take the l mm -hmm. send the whole team to the hospital like their guy is down you know yep. and so it's so much bigger yeah, it's and and what you said, JJ, is so true. This is not a, this is not a sport that allows for the type of vulnerability emotionally that I think we've seen come from the Bills, from the Bengals, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I don't think we want to forget our, our, uh, our the uh, our, our opponents in this game, but really our our allies and our partners and our colleagues and what they experienced here, because um, they saw it too. They saw a, a colleague need to be resuscitated on the field. And while their personal connections might might not be as close as, as um the Bills players are with Damar, uh, that that that's still trauma that they're they're gonna remember, right? Um and you can't you can't time, you can't plan for when those things are gonna hit you. Mm -hmm. So it could be the next time that those players are in a game and another player goes down with an injury. And that that sort of emotional callus that football players have to build up to because they see injuries happen all the time and they just need to move on that callus that they've built up over the course of their careers. It's been worn away a little bit by this and they're going to go through some re-traumatization. And I think it's been amazing to see McDermott and Taylor and Bean to a certain extent really talk about the importance of these things. Mina Kimes has done an amazing job, as she always does of introducing a lot of, I think, this dialogue and this discourse around this injury to talk about trauma and talk about like how your body remembers these things, no matter how well-trained or well-practiced you are. And Dominique Foxworth did an amazing job taking the opportunity to talk about, you know, these players only get five years of healthcare after they retire mm -hmm. from one of the richest corporations in the country. Like you and I, we work in a we work in a field where folks are criminally underpaid in education, yeah. but we get health care for life after we retire yeah. if we stick yeah. it out yeah. if we stick we it out long enough. Yeah, sure. Exactly. We stick it out long enough, right? But that's not the case for these guys that we watch every week that we dedicate so much time in our lives to not just watching, but studying and understanding. And there are real inequities and in, in other tragedies that I think others have very gracefully and very thoughtfully brought to light in and around this as well yeah. and I, I just applaud everyone in the bills organization uh and, and even those select members of the media that I, I talked about that have used so much grace so much judicious judicious judgment and how they've talked about this but in the way that they've used it to paint a really full contextualized picture of what what life for a player is like 
that suffers a debilitating injury like mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. Um, it's it, it's been, you know, it's been the most. I think. I I don't even know that I've got the the word to describe this right, but it's been like we started this podcast because we were pissed about media discourse and yeah. we were yeah. we were just so mad about like how everyone would talk about football and talk about the Bills. It, this this has been a week where maybe for the first time in a really long time outside of the x's and o's of football which i always learned something from foxworth and kimes and, and this stuff this has been the first time where i've learned i think more about the human side of the game yeah. than than, a, than an average fan typically does and I'm, I'm i'm grateful for those who continue to lend their voices to that discourse as all of us were processing this tragedy because i think it really shined a light in a lot of really important ways on everything that needs to be taken into account with this situation and potentially future situations and future tragedies that might befall players after this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it, 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 you bring up a great point, which is it's not just, you know, healthcare and health insurance and, and aftercare and those sorts of things, but I think it's easy for fans and media members to kind of jump all over the player who leaves to a, what they might consider a worse situation for the big signing bonus, the big guaranteed paycheck, whatever it is, and they're like, oh my gosh, you're leaving You know, this team, they've invested so much time in you, and you're like, your quarterback's going to be trashed at the new place, and this and that, but you have to understand that they really, I mean, it takes a, a situation like this, an incident like this, to bring to focus how much they risk, every snap, every play, and thank, you know, thankfully, it's it's not as common for something like this, like something severely, you know, a fatal, possibly fatal accident, right? Um, that's not as common, thankfully. But debilitating injuries, back injuries, spinal injuries, other injuries to the lower extremities, upper extremities, where they might lose the use or at least, you know, severely limit the use of one of their appendages, like, that's all real. That's all real every play in the NFL and if you look at a player like DeMar Hamlin, a second-year player who was a late-round draft pick, his contract status is that he's made he's made like $136,000 of a signing bonus when he first came in, and yep. he's got 130 something guaranteed money. If he, if he couldn't play another snap of football, he, and especially if he had a, a condition that kept him out of any other working life, he will have made $200,000 for his life. And I know that that sounds like a lot. I mean, I'm in a region where the median household income is not even over $40,000 a year. And that that's real. Like, the, the United States, that's real for so many places. Um, and poverty is real, and I get that. So $200,000 is like, oh my gosh, well, give me that. I'll make, it, I'll make it last. But at the same time, it really is a thing where the NFL doesn't protect the players that make up the most of the rosters. And those players don't have a lot that they can lean on if something really terrible happens to them um, early in their career, especially before they get that second contract. And especially yeah, if it's not a lucrative second contract, because there's vet minimum deals that until you get to the vested, you know, covered for life levels are not going to protect you. Yeah, absolutely. We all we all see like the the Marcus Spears and the Tony Romos and the Mark Sanchez's and we're like, oh, everyone's going to go into broadcasting, yeah. right? Yeah. Just before we get on here, there was a there's an article that um, Adam Schefter dropped on ESPN about Sean McVay, and he's considering not coming back to coaching. Like his granddad just died, he just got married. His wife is from Ukraine, and their her home country is under attack. They've had a bad season. TV 
TV uh, TV stage TV networks are throwing at millions of dollars at him to come be in the booth. It's a much more lucrative deal than coaching, less stress, right? Like like we look at those things and we think that just happens to everybody, but it doesn't. It's a fifty three man roster. It's a practice squad, and it's it, it is just a dozens and dozens and dozens of guys that you don't know what happens to them after they retire but the average the average length of a career for an nfl player is between four and five years right so you could be retired and out of the league or not retired if you're not vested in vested in the in the the program at that point you could just be out of the league when you are not even 30 and then you've got to figure out what your livelihood it's going to be for the next 60 or 70 years of your life beyond that, yeah. right? So, no, I, I I think, and you know, I saw Foxworth taking some heat on social media for using this opportunity to bring it up. I'm like, there, there's no better time to bring it up in a case like this, right? Because if you can't get behind that discourse and that dialogue for a young man who is just, just what you what you want, like, I'm a father and I want my kids to be like, Demar Hamlin, right, yeah. and have and have and have his passion for for giving to others and helping others. I want them to have that. Like, if you can't get behind this discourse around taking care of those that provide so much entertainment to us, provide so much value to our 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 identities as fans, right? Then then I don't know when you can. I really don't. So again, I applaud everyone who has has utilized this this terrible incident in the way that they have um because i think it shed a light on a lot of other conversations that we need to have and jj you said something that was so interesting that i think we should we should touch on again here you know you, you talked about how it's different for the bills and every team thinks it's different for them like there's a the nfl is such a transactional league guys come guys go um some guys are there for a year some guys are there for their full careers but there's always new faces in the locker room and in that turnstile, that constant revolving door of guys coming in and guys coming out, I agree with you. We, we've really seen, I think, what makes Western New York, particularly upstate New York, a little bit too. We're from that region. Um, but this Buffalo Bills team in particular, so, so special and so different is the bond that they have despite all that, all that transience and all the, the transactional nature of the sport. The fact that they care about each other so much, so authentically, in such a real way, um, was something that I think I was glad the world could see too. Right? Um, I like I, I, you and I, we've grown up as Bills fans, yeah. right? And and we kind of parachuted in via our birth year during the Jim Kelly years. Like, so I think a lot of people think for us it was easy to be Bills fans because yeah. they're good. Right. It, there's nothing further from the effing truth, right? Like. I grew up in the, the Utica area. Lots of Giants fans, lots of Jets fans, Sims, Hostetler. I think Esiason played for the Jets when I was a kid at some point, yep. too. He might have. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, and and like we lost a lot in my community when I was growing up. Like we, we were around Griffiths Air Force Base, which shut down and took a ton of jobs from our community. People only know that particular Air Force Base for the Woodstock '99 debacle right. that was that was what it was, yeah. right? But but before all that, like that was the lifeblood of a lot of our community. You know what I mean? And it was it took us decades to bounce back for that. But through all those times, we still had the Bills, right? Mm -hmm. 
like they still brought us joy they brought us release and relief from the stressors that we were dealing with was as we saw our community as we thought kind of like circling the drain economically and things like that we we always had the bills and i know other communities have stories like that i've talked to eagles fans from the 70s that remember like all of the the steel worker strikes and all of the factory strikes and dick vermeil like bringing a bringing a championship right and what that meant to philly and all that stuff like teams have these stories and, and i'm not diminishing or devaluing any of that but what you saw on display with the genuine love and authenticity that that comes with being a buff member of buffalo the buffalo bills organization the team and then that fan base is that we've suffered a lot for a really long time and the constant for many of us that we always go back to is that that point of pride has always been the buffalo bills even in the, even in down times right so I wasn't surprised to see fans rally the way they did, the community rally the way they did, because while this was tragic in and of itself, it, this is this is a region, this is a part of the state, this is a community that we know tragedy, and we know that regardless of what's happening with us, we need to come together in those moments. And it just it it was just like I, I was brought to tears more than once this week oh, just yeah, seeing how the the community that i care about <clears throat> the people that i care about come together during this tragedy in this yeah. way i mean that's why we call the pod buffalo bread yeah. and i think you saw you saw a lot of that on display this week as well and you can be buffalo bread it, you can be buffalo bread in south dakota you can be buffalo bread in san francisco like you can you can Hell be yeah. born into this you know based on those family ties because it's you know it's the, that nfl marketing slogan football is family I've been, I've been saying that for years, you know, that's the thing that ties you together. And I think that that's a good point to segue to some comments about this Buffalo and Cincinnati brotherhood situation. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn any of that down because I think that there's some, just like there's some toxic fans in Bill's Mafia, there's some toxic Cincinnati fans out there right now who are like, ah, do, you know, they should have played the game. This is bullshit. We're getting screwed out of the possibility for the onesies, this and that. And I don't, you know, there's some validity to to them feeling like they got shortchanged by the game not being played. But the game shouldn't have been played. That's it. Just move on, right? Like it's this at this point, whether however you feel about the resolution the NFL made, feel about the resolution, but don't bring any bullshit opinion like they should have just played through because like their team right. wasn't going to either. This is unprecedented, shocking, traumatic, awful, awful. You know situation that like emotionally human beings can't go out and compete at the extremely high level of attentiveness tension locked in you know um and performance that that these athletes would would have had to bring to bear having seen something so upsetting so close to them and for some of them their family member right and so um I get all that, but like it does, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about like me growing up in the Southern tier and, you know, shout out to only in the Allegheny area, um, losing dresser Rand as a manufacturing facility, having my dad laid off, you know, and like so much of the rust belt is tied to these teams. And that's like Cleveland, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Philly, you know, like even, you know, across that whole area, Detroit, like for some of those communities, the only bright spot they had, even in losing seven and nine seasons, that distracted them from the you know abysmal nature of things happening in their communities around them, um, when bad news was striking, 
was football. And I think that that's, it's entertainment, it's distraction. And when it becomes about life and death, it's, you know, the game no longer matters. And that's, that's kind of the only point I'm making is that we, we share a lot of bonds with, you know, other than the, the seven, uh, 2017 breaking the playoff drought on Andy Dalton's throw to T. Higgins, um, Tyler Boyd. It was Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andy Dalton's golden arm on a fourth and 12 play. Other than that, that was like a massive tie. That actually kicked off. And I made this point actually on the Bengals, um, on a Bengals forum. I said, you know, I'll forever be a little bit of a Bengals fan unless they're playing the Bills because they meant so much. On New Year's Eve in 2017, I got to, the for the first time in my adult life, see the Buffalo Bills be a team that goes to the postseason. It doesn't matter that they just shit the bed immediately in Jacksonville. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter because, like, it was no longer the talking point. Well, the Bills have the longest playoff drought in professional sports even outside of football. Um, and that was something that I appreciated then. And I always, you know, if I, if I have a chance to flip through and, you know, the bills aren't playing and Cincinnati's on, I'm always rooting for those guys. I root for them for that. I root for them because I think that their organization is, is led very well. I think that the city I've been to Cincinnati, it's a beautiful city. It reminds me a lot of Buffalo. You know, it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of commonalities there. And I think it's, it's cool when you have that kind of agreement and and you know um helpfulness and i think our mutual dislike of the kansas city chiefs keeps us strong strong friends we'll see how it goes in the postseason you know we might see these guys yeah it sure does it sure does yeah it's um you know there's so much that we talk about sports that can divide us right but i think I, i think what we saw with so many people across fan bases coming together in support of demar support of his recovery support of the bills support of the Bengals. It was that it, to, 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 the toxic percentage aside of all fan bases, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that people, people, people can let all that stuff melt away and see the humanity in each other. And there's just so much about sports that, yes, is fun to debate and kind of divide us. But at the end of the day, there's so much about sports that brings us together. Because, like you said, it's it it pulls in people is a distraction is a relief in their time of need. And the script was flipped a little bit about that. And it was so heartwarming to see with this because this was a player in need. This, these were, this was an organization in need and exactly. And, and fans turned out and did for them what had been done for us for so many years by this team and this organization through good times and bad. And it's just, Again, I, 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 I'm glad tomorrow's recovering. I'm glad this is going to have a happy ending that mm-hmm. comes along with it. But there, there's just been so much, I think, that, that has made me grateful for being a part of this football community, yeah. this fan base. Um, and just it's, it, it, in a lot of ways, it's not just perspective. It's, it's, it's humbling to know that there's so many people out there that, that care, especially in a time where we all feel alone and wrapped up in our own stuff and we're on our own islands and dealing with our own issues. It was just, it was just a reminder that, that people can come together and do really amazing things in times where you, you would least expect it. So it, yeah, yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a week and it's, it's been a week and it's been, it's been interesting, nice, to not think about football, even though this is a technically a football story, 
but not think about football and just think about all the reasons why we love this game. We love this team. We love these guys and, and why we, we hope to carry on these traditions, like with our families, that they see the same thing and the same value in their identity and the same love that we do, do out of these things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like, I've been just a complete mess all week. Like I'm scrolling, you know, Twitter and seeing every 30, every one of the 30 for 14 or 32 teams in the NFL made their, profile picture pray for tomorrow number three and i'm just like weeping you know openly in my office like so it's uh it's yeah it's been it's been a week um and yeah i'm just so oh my gosh i'm so relieved that a family member you know of the buffalo organization uh is looks to be making a full recovery and it, it hits home because i think everybody you know in their personal lives can if can well, most people. I hope you don't have that experience as people, as listeners. Uh, but a lot of people can really empathize with what it's like to have a family member in dire circumstances in the ICU and what they feel. And so I think that that's what makes it so real for everybody out there, is that you're you're there in it because you, you're not just thinking about Damar. You're thinking about your grandma. You're, you know... Uh, a parent, a sibling, you know, in those mm-hmm. in those situations, and it it hits home, and I think that's what pulls everybody together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's that, like, and this is going to sound so corny, right? But it, it's it's that love that you have for your family that I think has transcended and translated through this this whole experience for folks that has really, I think, I think, been the trigger for a lot of the. Just the amazing, the amazing feats of kindness that we've seen as a result of this this incident. So, um, yeah, man. Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about DVOA. We're gonna talk about stats, and their playoffs are going to happen, yes. right? Yeah. Um, the Bills are gonna play a game tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this pod on Saturday night. Uh, we wanted to wait and see what happened with the Chiefs game before we we got into it, but the the, the Bills will play a game tomorrow, yep. and they'll be they'll be playing for uh. For a firm lock on the the two seed and uh, and then a neutral site AFC Championship game should they and Kansas City advance that far. So that is what is on the line for the game tomorrow. But again, after what we've been through this week, it, it the tiers of priority and importance. It is the thing that I think is least on everyone's mind at this yeah. point. Demar, his family, his recovery, the kindness, the amazing acts of of service that we have seen as a result of this are the things that I think we should just keep in the discourse a little bit longer before we start getting back into prop bets and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. The silliness, because it is, you know, it can be, it's a, it's a game, right? Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I think that, you know, I felt good to talk about it and kind of get, get my feelings on the whole thing out there as well. And it's important to, I think the con the conversation cannot, cannot end about how, a few different avenues, how players are treated better or can be, you know, and I know the NFLPA pushes for this, but I think they could push harder because I think the players as an organized union of individuals have way more power than they they actually, you know, wield um, over the owners. I think that they, you know, pushing for more guarantees, more um, assurances for those, you know, uh, those those middle to, to bottom of the roster guys who 
aren't going to sign the seven-year contracts or the six-year contracts with massive boatloads of guaranteed life-changing money um, and how to protect them and take care of them for their life for what they give to the sport when the league isn't going anywhere and it's always going to be making billions, you know? So um, I think that that conversation needs to continue, the conversation of, you know, that the game doesn't actually matter when things are life and death, right? The game doesn't matter as as much as some of the incredible charitable acts that the players and the organizations engage in. It doesn't matter as much as the help they give and the donations to children's hospitals and things that, that happen because it exists and because it's it's a focal point of our attention. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's bigger than football. And so keep keep that in mind as we go through and, uh, you know, hug, hug a Bengals fan, heck, hug, hug a Pats fan. It's cool. It's all love. We're all here for the same thing. That's the first time I'll say that. It is. Yeah. I'm. I'll, I'll be at the game tomorrow. I know you will. Um, That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I will. I will. Uh, I will effort hugging, I, hugging a Pats fan for I, sure. Um, please just, do not it, get punched. <laughs> yeah, I'll try not yeah. to get punched. I'm. I'm also. I'm also an awkward hugger. I don't know if you okay. know this about me. Yeah. I don't do a lot of hugging. I, I just. I. I don't, and it's not yes. because I'm not like a loving guy, but I just, I, I don't know. There's something about the hug. Like, the do mechanics you go, of it. Exactly. <laughs> like, you can't go under the arms. So, do you do like the cross thing yeah, yeah. where it's like one here? Or do you yeah. do like the over the shoulder? But then it's like you're pulling their head into your face. Like, yeah. it, hugging is just a weird mechanic. I'd okay. rather dap it up or shake hands. Yeah, but right uh, but yeah. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to hug somebody tomorrow just because you asked me to. <laughs> I mean, you. It's totally appropriate if you just want to like fist bump somebody. It's fine too. I, you know, I might just do that. Just the, just it, share it, the love. That's all. I'm, <laughs> I'm asking you to go into the game like you're entering a Catholic church service, and at the moment where you offer grace and turn around, and shake everybody's hand, just dap it up with people. It's cool. Awesome. Share the love. I, I will, Keep that vibe will, going for this this week. I will absolutely do that. I will absolutely do that. And yeah. I'll I'll say one thing about football. I hope Greg Rousseau ever so gently lays McCorkle to the ground a few times. <laughs> Carefully, everybody healthy. Just 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 grab him like a baby rocks him to the to the earth. Uh, and <laughs> for a couple of registered sacks cuz I'm starting to get I I have to admit like I it makes me feel dirty, but I'm starting to get juiced up to watch football again and like right. get back to like feeling some of that normalcy, I think we talk about that all the time. We have for years now, be with COVID and everything. Yep. Get back to the normalcy. Feel like you're not kind of on, sitting on anxiety um, because tomorrow's going to be okay. Yeah. No. And there, listen, there's not there is no shame in that, and there is nothing wrong with that. Again, we just established why we love this sport, why we love this team, and it 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 will be nice to to get back to some of those some of that eventually, without a doubt. It's such a big part of our lives and a big part of who we are, but. But but yeah, don't don't feel ashamed about yeah, that, sir. Yeah. Don't feel ashamed about that at all. And we will, for those of you listening at home, get back into it next week once we have the the results of week eighteen in the books tomorrow. We will know seating. We will know potential AFC championship scenarios. We'll know who the Bills' uh, wild card round opponent will be because um, they are locked into the very least the two seat at this point as well. So we'll be able to break all that stuff down and more. Uh, you know, more of what you're used to on this podcast. But, uh, but JJ, it has been great to talk about DeMar and it, our love for this team, man. Yep. Like there, there's a reason me and you do this pod. Um, 
I mean, I personally don't think I bring anything interesting to the discourse, <laughs> but but it's the opportunity to talk about this team that we love so much with someone who I know cares about it in equal amounts with you as has been has been an awesome highlight and just the opportunity to continue to do that is is pretty amazing. So so I appreciate you. I appreciate you being able to do this and I appreciate everyone who has chosen Buffalo Bread as your your source for Buffalo Bills information, stats, breakdowns, pregames, the whole nine. We appreciate all of you uh, and and your support for this pod as well. And occasional therapy sessions, you know. Occasional, occasional yeah. therapy sessions, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like, subscribe, and share if if you like this the stuff we're putting down. And uh, um, you know, go Bills, go Bills, go Demar. Yes, go Bills, go Demar.